0: So what are we talking about today? C L I? That's it. What does that stand for anyway?
1: Oh you took my first question. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and Igor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Igor.
1: Community- <laughs> no,
0: Community Loves Igor. There you go. Well now. Nice. Oh That's- I
2: like it. Community loves Igor.
3: This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. But if you use the JavaScript Jabber link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash Adventures in Angular. Ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to our classes in St. Louis or San Francisco, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Telerik, the makers of Kendo UI. Kendo UI integrates seamlessly with both AngularJS 1.x and 2.0. It provides everything you need to integrate with AngularJS out-of-the-box, bindings, component configuration, directives, template directives, form validation event handlers, and much more. And yet, Kendo UI tooling does not depend on AngularJS, so if you want to use it with Angular or not, that's totally up to you. You can check it out at kendoui.com.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eighty-nine of Adventures in Angular. Today on our podcast, we have John Papa. Everybody, how you doing? Ward Bell. Hello, and how are you? Lucas Rubuki. Hello. And I'm your host Joe Eames, and we have a very special guest today, which is Ciro Nunes. How, was I close with that?
4: Yeah, that was close. Hello, close. folks.
2: Awesome, uh, Ciro. Do you want to give us like a l- little bit of an introduction uh, to yours to you?
4: Yeah. Currently, I'm a lead front-end engineer for CrossEngage in Berlin, and I'm a Google developer expert in Angular, and I've been working on the Angular CLI for a while. So what is That's that That's about CLI. it. CLI. What is that CLI thing? What is that CLI? Oh, what does it stand well, for?
2: We, I, we have some guesses as to what it stands for.
4: I think that I can say the first uh, letter, and then you guys can help me probably i think that c is for community
5: loves igor, igor. <laughs>
1: you guys were a little lagging there let's let's do it one more time cli equals 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 community loves
0: igor, igor. so zero it stands for community loves igor or what's the other name we call it by
4: command line interface
0: it's a much less sexy name but it's much more accurate
4: yeah <laughs> i guess so
5: there are, astonishingly, there are people who don't know what a command line interface is either, so why don't you tell us what that is and what its goals are?
4: So, talking about the Angular CLI, it, yeah. is, supposed, it is supposed to be the official CLI for Angular 2, not for Angular 1, and for who doesn't know what a CLI is, it helps you to run commands in your terminal that will help you to do something. It is a software for your terminal. You can put it this way. And the Angular CLI will help you to improve your workflow when you're working with Angular 2.
5: So give us an idea of what kinds of things I might do with a CLI. I assume I know nothing and I just show up. What would be like uh, the first thing I'd want to do with it?
4: First thing you can get started you can bootstrap a project using the Angular CLI, and it will give you a very nice structure following the latest style guide and the latest best practices that the Angular team is working on together with the community. And other than that, you don't need to care about setting up a build system. So it's also good for demos and prototyping. You don't even need to spend a lot of time building this structure so you can get started with a project. You can just, you know, run some commands in the terminal and it will give you, like, a nice folder structure, some example files, and it comes with unit testing set up, end-to-end testing, and much more.
5: Well, that's pretty ambitious. So, it's going to, like, I can scaffold out the beginning with it, and just a command, and it'll get all that stuff all laid out for me?
4: Exactly. And it is pretty upnative. So, for example, at the moment, you're not able to generate your projects without TypeScript, for example. So, it gives you a lot. It is pretty ambitious, and it's also upnative. It is not so flexible at the moment. Uh,
5: I think you mean, do you mean opinionated? Is that what you're...
4: Exactly, what? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Ciro, you say that we can use this to start a project and then run tests with it and do a build process. And I appreciate that you say that we can run like demos and proof of concepts, but couldn't we, and is the goal one of those things as well, to build like a real production app eventually with this too?
4: Yeah, it is. So the project is in the prototyping phase, so we are experimenting a lot and as Angular we're still in this experimental phase, but we are a bit late in the game. We still need to catch up, so we are not, not even in alpha yet. So it is to be used in production, but it's not ready yet. So right right now what you can do is just play with some demos, some proof of concepts, but it's not prepared for production yet.
0: Right. So today it's not even an alpha, but uh, Angular is in beta. I think beta 13 as of this recording date is what we have. But as most things go and people who aren't familiar with product life cycles, generally the technology moves ahead of the tooling. So Angular is far ahead of where tooling would be, and tooling, in this case, would be the CLI, which is uh, coming rapidly behind it. Exactly. So, so what parts t- of the CLI have you worked on?
4: I worked since the beginning, so I, I helped to do many kinds of stuff, like, for example, the initial commit message, which is completely random thing. <laughs> Congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> that must have been yeah, a hard Yeah, this is like... Yeah, that was an an achievement, you know. (laughs) And other than that, like, set up the unit testing structure. I don't remember much, but the latest contribution was to introduce the production build. So it is a bit different from the local build, because in the local build you have things like live reloading references in the HTML. You don't have, like, minified resources and this kind of stuff. So my latest contribution was towards having a production build, like, production ready. But it's just a first step. My latest contribution was about it, not the complete. I can't say that the production build is complete. It is, like, ongoing.
1: Let's talk about another really handy uh, CLI that came out, and that was Ruby on Rails. And so I remember... You know, when Ruby on Rails first came out and my friend was telling me about it, he was like, oh, like, I can build an entire site from the command line in, like, three minutes, and it totally works. And, you know, on the surface, when you first go and you kind of look at Ruby on Rails, like, that's a really neat thing, and I think, at least for me, I think that's the first kind of framework that came out that embraced uh, convention over configuration, and it was really, really convenient to be able to kind of scaffold this stuff out. But then I found that experienced Rails developers, they began to, they'd kind of scaffold it out or not even use it at all, and then they would take their scaffolding and kind of gut it and then put their their own stuff in it, and as the uh, developer, you know, became more and more experienced in Rails, they kind of just stopped using it entirely. The utility kind of dropped precipitously. You know, how do you foresee that problem, you know, kind of with Angular of, you know, writing code that people can scaffold, but it's still useful, And, you know, kind of is, that's going to kind of fit the broad cases, but then people will be able to, or, or avoid people having to like scalpel it out and then gut the entire thing or just not use it entirely.
4: That's actually a very interesting subject. And we discussed a few weeks ago or months ago about having, this is like a killer feature in my opinion. That is you being able to do AST. In the CLI, so for example, it would allow you to upgrade versions by running CLI commands instead of going file by file and looking for breaking changes and this kind of stuff. Uh, The CLI would help you to, you know, upgrade from two newest versions of the the platform as Angular 2 is called. And many more features like one other killer thing is that the Angular CLI is well aligned with the style guide that John Papa, by the way, is working on it. So So I, I I think that those kinds of features will be really necessary for the developers. It will really speed up the process of upgrading from one version to the other like dealing with breaking changes and using newest features of the
1: code. You know what I mean? And when you say AST, you're talking about the Association of Surgical Technologists? When I talk about AST, I talk about abstract
4: syntax tree transformations. Got it. Yeah. So, So for, for example, the CLI would understand parts of the code and being able to change it automatically. Well, that sounds
5: like deep magic. Hey, Lucas, can you, can you clarify, can you sharpen the point of your dagger there a little bit? Like, was it that the CLI for Rails was too constraining, it didn't have enough options, it, or how could they uh, another CLI avoid that? Does it have to be customizable? What's your thought?
1: So I think a, a couple of things is, one, that the code that it generated was for kind of a very specific, like, you know, CRUD, you know, kind of an interface, like master detail. Um, so they really kind of targeted a very specific thing. And, you know, the, the templates, especially that they designed to do that, just didn't really apply, and so the templates were one of the first things to go. And I think that a way around that, in my opinion, is, well, so why are they running into that is that, you know, you kind of have this broad, like, we're going to get you you a portion of the way and get you started, but now you actually have to hook it into specific use cases in the domain that you're in. Where it gets interesting is giving the user the ability to kind of use the CLI in conjunction with maybe some, like, custom templates. So I think having the ability to hook in um, kind of some specific things so then you're dynamically generating things on the fly based on some local resources that you've generated, is really, really handy. So an example is if you go to the NG6 starter from Angular class, uh, Scott wrote a really interesting generator with Webpack that the entire project is based on kind of this component system architecture using 1.5 components, and so he built out a generator that you can just simply go, you know, gulp, component, you give it a name, and if you want to put it in a specific directory, you can do that as well. It's another optional argument. And it generates like these six files with this basic component structure that you can pick up and run. Well, once I figured out what he was doing, then I was able to generate some additional templates very quickly. So, for instance, if you're doing you know a REST API, a lot of that's pretty conventional. So I just hopped in and made a essentially a service uh, template that now anytime I need to do a service, then I can just use Webpack to generate that. And so I think having, you know, kind of some really good logic on the front end using AST on your CLI that at the same time giving people, you know, the options to say, I want to scaffold this out, but I want to use these templates as the basis for doing that. That's kind of project-specific or uh, corporate-specific would be, I think, really, really helpful.
5: So the ability to roll my own templates is really... Yep. And and do it easily and plug it right into the existing apparatus. That
1: Exactly. That would be a killer feature. And so just to kind of follow in on this is the project that I'm talking about. We were using NG6, and I wrote some custom, basically, generators for my client. And when I was demoing this, I said, oh, by the way, just as a value-added feature, I went ahead and, you know, I added these generators into the project for everyone to use. And it was like I just gave them... You know like it was like Christmas like I came down the chimney with a bag full of gifts that you know I was able to deliver that and it really only took me maybe 20 minutes to write and but it was you know massive value to the client that they didn't have to keep you know creating those things by hand
0: well, let's think about what are some of the things that the CLI really addresses and forget angular 2 for a second think back to angular one it's been out for many many years now in the beginning there were no style guides and there was just this land of 30 40 50 generators everybody had a generator that was, here's how you create an Angular 1 project. And then once you created it, here's how you build it. Here's my gulp file, my grunt file. Here's my version of it. And here's how I run my tests. And everything was very complicated and there was no standard. And I actually remember a sheet that was spread around. Joe, one of your friends at ng last year was showing us mm-hmm. where he had like all 50 generators that he found and compared them all side by side and So I think in some ways what the CLI is really helping us with is not this is the only way you can do it, but this is the way that the Angular team is going to recommend that you get started and move through a system. And it also means that if you feel like you want to go a different way, by all means do so. The framework doesn't depend on the CLI. The CLI is just a path, a happy path, that the Angular team is giving to everybody so that you don't have to worry about finding your own path if you don't want to.
1: Right. I think having that kind of single canonical of reference. And so that's why even your style guide, John, has you know, been such a good resource is because it kind of was adopted like this is you know the single repository for best practices. And because we all agreed on that, then I think in that agreement, then the value of that project just exponentially increased. And so I think having a CLI where all of the best practices are converging into a single project with the Angular core team working closely and sounding off on that and helping guide it is that's where I think you will, one, you know, kind of eliminate this wild west of of generators. But I think at the same time, so you have the single source of, of truth that everybody has kind of agreed, like this is where we start, but then having a little bit of flexibility to kind of take that and tweak it to match specific business cases and context requirements, I think would be just the perfect balance between, you know, prescription, but without restriction.
5: Well, what you're saying sure rings a bell for me, Lucas, because this anybody who spent any time with visual studio templates and they very their things, you know, fell into the same trap that you described, and I think it would be great to know that the Angular 2 CLI isn't going to fall into that trap, which is one, a kitchen sink kind of um, template that when you pressed it, you had 750 files, and you didn't know what the heck they were. You were just trying to get all the world going. And then the other were these you know the, the templates that nobody could agree on, and if you tried to write your own template, it was mammothly difficult. And so that's a trap that people have fallen into more than one time. I do hear, because I overhear the CLI team talking, that you guys are aware of that. Would you say that that's true, Zero? Not that you're going to do anything right today, because obviously you've got to get a product out, right, that has immediate value, but, but you guys are aware of this dynamic, right?
4: Exactly. The plan is to figure out the balance between customizability and where we need to be a bit more conventions. You know, between customizability and conventions. So it's still in discussion. We still don't know how to find this perfect balance, but the community input is also very important because just by discussing with several people in the team, there's no way to figure out all the possible use cases. So it is very important to always hear input from different people that have different projects and different issues to, to solve and, I mean, try to work on top of it to find this balance. So that's the current status. One more thing that I wanted to mention is that the current version of the Angular CLI was built on top of Ember C- CLI, and then we inherited many things from it, one of them is the ability to extend it further. So talking about these customizations that you want to have, you can probably extend the CLI also to build new stuff. And it shouldn't be difficult. But it's not defined that mm-hmm. we we'll stick with the Ember CLI in our core. So we are looking forward to have something different. Maybe we will get together with some guys from the Amber CLI team and build a base for, CLI, for CLIs, for frameworks and platforms. And then on top of it, we'll make the, the Angular CLI. So this is the conversation that we are, we are having at the moment. We still don't know if we will stick with this architecture, this way of doing things that is based on the Ember CLI, or if we are going to do our new stuff together with them?
0: So I think the reason I really like the CLI and I get excited is that it makes Angular more accessible to more people. Because now the CLI, even if you don't use Terminal, think about this. People who like Visual Studio or WebStorm or other tools or even VS Code Data, and they want to see a button somewhere inside the tooling, there could be extensions written for these tools that call the CLI functions and generate projects and run tests and do the build process. And that really makes it much easier to use and uh, continue to build Angular projects for everybody.
4: Yes, that's true. And this is also related to the, this topic that I mentioned of having this base for building CLIs, and it, it would separate the... API for those IDEs to have their own way of running CLI commands, so it's all all together, all related.
5: One thing I'm looking forward to is being able to use. You know, uh, the first step is to try and get people to to try their hand at Angular too. And as we've talked about in our previous podcasts, one of the big barriers to that is. All this setup that you have to do to get into the world of ECMAScript 6 or TypeScript and so forth and all of the system JS or whatever it is that you want to use. And just getting through that front door so you can experience Angular 2 has historically been a blocker. And, you know, I think the CLI will be a huge success just getting us through the door there. And and I'm betting that 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 gets you up and running is kind of uh, the first landmark for the CLI. You guys talked about it that way?
4: Actually, experienced this thing that you just said in a workshop that I did in Brazil. I was doing a workshop on Angular two and TypeScript, and at that moment, the Angular CLI was very in a very early stage. We just had this feature of like scaffolding and generating some components, but it it was really useful because people got started really quick, and then when they went to their homes, I started receiving emails like, wow, it's really easy to use the CLI to continue studying about Angular 2, you know, because I liked your workshop a lot, but I couldn't make much at that time box. You know, so I when I got home, I just started a new project from scratch, and I started applying the concepts that we taught, so I could see that that in practice really quick, without needing to worry about oh, am I using Webpack or Gulp or Grunt or Broccoli? How how can I war up things? We I use TypeScript or Babel or Browserify. You know what I mean? I've heard that feedback, people saying, like, okay, I can just do some proof of concepts. I'm not doing a professional application here. I just want to see how Angular 2 works and if it will be useful for me in the future. So John Papa said it makes Angular 2 much more accessible to people. Is that yeah. what we are talking about? Oh No, absolutely. That makes so much sense. And it actually
5: ties into something that I think Lucas was talking about earlier with the first experience of the Ruby CLI, Which, because I'll bet that that first CLI experience in Ruby was actually part of what made Ruby easy to adopt and why it spread so widely. Did it play a
1: role in that, Lucas? Do you remember? It was stunning the first time I ever did it. It was like, oh, I think I'd been using ColdFusion at the time and just rolling everything by hand. And I think once I saw this entire thing scaffolded out, and and bear in mind, I didn't actually know Ruby at the time, and being able to actually have something working within three minutes and kind of clicking through the code and being like, oh, okay, this actually reads pretty well, I understand what's going on, that I would wager having it in the context of a working application short-circuited my learning curve significantly. And so even to the point where it's affected how I even went I do Angular workshops and, and, and try to basically present new technology, is I always try to do it in that context of a working example, because I think having code that works right out of the gates is huge for people to kind of wrap their minds around. That we're developers, we're smart people, a lot of times it comes down to, to context, and so being able to generate that context immediately really goes a long ways of kind of articulating what's actually happening and pointing people kind of in the right direction.
5: Well, and that's why we're, you know, the quick. Angular 2 Quick Start, which is what we're doing because we don't have a CLI. We're trying to figure out how to make it quick, but it ain't quick. Uh, (laughs) Let's just be honest. But when we We all blame
0: you, Ward. Yeah. We all blame you.
5: I'm taking it. I'm taking (laughs) it. I just wish I was smart enough to figure out how I could plow through that stuff without automation. But I'm excited to report that the plan is very shortly, as soon as the CLI crosses the threshold, that we'll be able to use that to get going quickly, and then we'll reorient the samples around the CLI. So I think that's something else that our Angular community is going to be able to experience is the intersection of the documentation and the CLI, and they're going to be mutually supportive.
0: Well, let's give an example to people. something concrete. I mean, today in the quick start, Ward, it doesn't take five minutes, right? It takes much longer than that a lot of it's copy and paste. No, it
5: does it. If you just copy and paste, you can get it done in two minutes. If you <laughs> right. read anything, if you absolutely you understand it, if you feel like actually following along and saying, what the what was that, it might
0: take more than five. It definitely would if you actually want to comprehend. But then, right. And then to be fair, if we had a CLI to do it, we, we literally would do is NPM install Angular CLI. Then we'd say NG new my project. Then we'd say NPM start. And then it would be running. And there's a lot of power to that. I mean, then you can go look at the code, learn it, figure it out. And um, the thing I get worried about is exactly what you guys brought up, though, is I don't want the CLI to ever be, and I've seen projects that do this, where I press generate my project and I end up with 1,000 files, 99% of which are like, what is that?
5: Right. I think it's really important that the CLI allow you to move forward in small steps. Is you know, I don't need. to want the gargantuan thing. I want a. I want a component. I want the CLI recipe for a component. Don't give me everything else. Don't give me sixteen components. Don't go. You know. Don't fill in every possible thing that I might possibly ever want to do with a component. Five yeah. Don't assume
0: certain... that I need something in a year. I'm going to need it right now. I mean, exactly. let me let me slowly build up to it. And only the core things should be there out of the gate. And we probably could talk about what do we think those things are. But the CLI probably has an idea that already. Uh, Ciro, could you tell us kind of what are the basic things that the CLI will give
4: us? So, basically, you can scaffold either components or applications. We talk a lot about scaffolding applications, but sometimes you just want to create a third-party component, reusable component for the community. So, you can also do that with the CLI. This should be possible. But talking about the app structure... It gives you only one, the main HTML file that will run your application, and then it's going to show a loading indicator for you, and then when it's ready, it's all about one component, the root component for your Angular 2 application with unit tests and end-to-end tests so you can start building from it.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear because... Right. We definitely want, if you think about even what the quick start gives us that Word has crafted, we get a index HTML, which has a little bit of a loading message, and it points to a main TS, which is the bootstrap kickoff file, and then that loads a separate uh, app component, which is our root component. So it's pretty much what you're saying there is you you get that basic stuff, and from there it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure game, isn't it? You get to pick what you want to add next, like a service or a component or a pipe.
4: Exactly. And then you can just go to your terminal and run ng, generate, service, and the name of your service or your component or your pipe, and you're good to go.
0: What about testing? How do tests play into this?
4: (laughs) What do you mean?
0: Does the generator give us uh, unit tests or end-to-end tests out of the box?
4: It gives the structure for you to write them. It doesn't really test, how can I say, elaborated stuff for you. It just gives you the raw basics so you can start writing your tests. It really just imports the stuff that you need to, to write your tests, like the before each providers and the Angular testing internals that you might need. And then you can just go ahead and start crafting your unit tests because... I mean, that the point is not not about building the unit test for you. I don't think that it's even possible with the structure that the, the CLI have at the moment. It would require a lot of refactoring and re architecturing. But what, what right, it but, but really not, gives you. Um... Know, not the
0: test so much, but the, you're saying the structure is there. So, like the karma files and the way to run them. And then, actually, does it generate a spec file for us for a component, yeah, for example?
4: It- it does every time that you generate a component. It gives you the spec file. It also gives you from scratch some this car machine file that configures karma to work with Angular 2, which is not very easy to do right now. So it's really helpful in this part. You, well, that you don't. that itself
0: need- is huge. I mean, that's huge, Cyril, right? Because I can't tell you how many people I've had who struggled with angular 1 even who wanted to write tests but and maybe they even knew how to write the tests but the hard part wasn't that it was how do i get things so i can run a test how do i get it so i can get karma and jasmine or karma and mocha set up so i can actually create a test runner so if you're, what you're if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying that the cli will give us that out of the box so it works with angular 2 so i can run tests once i write them
4: Exactly. You can just scaffold your project, and then you are good to go to your spec file that you will have for your root component, and you can already go to your terminal, run ng-test to run your tests, and you can start writing them out of the box. You don't need to configure anything. It's just there. And this is also true for end-to-end tests. So, you don't need to spend any time thinking about how to write things up, uh, like how to make Karma work with TypeScript and Angular 2,
1: you just get it. I don't think you're selling this well enough, uh, Cero. I mean, this in all respect that but that's a huge feature. Like I think John said it, and and I want to actually second that. Is I think the hardest part about writing tests in Angular is actually the ceremony of setting it up, and not having to go in and figure out how to dial in, you know, karma in your end-end test by hand. That's like 80% of the work is done right there. So yeah, I think I'll pile uh, on
5: to that too. It, and you know what? It,
1: go ahead. I was gonna say next time you say yeah, and we generate, you know, we basically, you know, generate a test harness for you. I need you to go and uh, woohoo because <laughs> that's really how I feel about it.
4: Yes, and one more thing. Personally, I think that people. Avoid writing tests because it's really boring to write this bootstrap code, you know, like importing stuff and getting your dependencies injected, you know. All this bootstrap code is really boring, and sometimes you, for example, in Angular 1, experienced that a lot. I was trying to write some unit tests, and then I was struggling just to get stuff up and running, you know, because I wasn't using any kind of generator or a CLI, you know, and then I started writing my own generator for spec files just to avoid me needing to, you know, wire things up before actually get started writing the tests. Sometimes you are in a hurry for professional projects, you know, you just don't have the time to you know, keep trying to get things running. So if you try to do, for example, TDD, and then it starts to slow you down a lot, you probably get rid of the tests and you won't write them at all. So I I really think that this is a very valuable feature. You can just generate your, your component or your service or your pipe and you get this whole structure, you actually have example spec, and then you can just take this ex- this example and override it with your own stuff.
5: Yeah, or you could do it the way I've always done it, which is you go hunt around, try and find a spec that kind of looks sort of like what you had, copy it, create a new file, paste, go in, delete out all the old stuff, and see if it works. What's wrong with that, guys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> isn't isn't
0: that what we do every day that's called the google yeah, yeah. style of development right? Let me go Google that
5: yeah, yeah, that's real fast right no this is this is big, and you just don't want to write that karma configuration stuff yourself. It's not that it's so hard to read once somebody's given it to you, but so many things in programming are like that right you know if if you had it in your hand, you could kind of walk through it, and maybe you could explain it, but who can even remember that stuff and who wants to so I'm all yeah, I think we're all singing with you, and uh, Lucas, I think you're right. We aren't giving this enough applause, so let's do it. Applause!
1: Yay! Go, team! Go, team!
0: <laughs> it's going to be it, great, and I think the part that's actually hardest, right, isn't even the one we haven't even talked about yet. It's not generating the project, and it's not even testing in my mind. It's, I'm ready to go to production. How do I build a production pipeline for my Angular 2 app? And the CLI is also going to address this at some point as
4: well. Yeah, it will. And as I said, the first step was already done. We already minify files. We have this difference between environments. So for the build command, you can just pass this flag, environment, and you say, okay, I'm building for production. And also, as the CLI gives you the HTTP local server for running, for, for run your application. You can also run in your local environment as you were in production, so you can debug uh, real production issues in your local environment without having much effort. You have source maps in, in place. You have all that stuff for you, so you don't need to worry about anything. Just take the CLI, scaffold your project, write it, build have your tests, run your tests, and it will also allow you to deploy for GitHub Pages, for example, and in the future, using more providers.
5: Can you tell me about that GitHub Pages thing, too? Because that came flying across my screen, and I didn't, I didn't quite know what that was about. Can you elaborate a little bit? Because that sounds like something I could use.
4: Yeah, so, for example, we were talking about proof of concepts, right? So, for example, I'm doing this demo, for a presentation, and then I can just deploy to a GitHub page. It is a command of the CLI, and then you pass your credentials, you configure it, and run. It is in development at the moment. I don't think that it's ready, but it will be it. You just run this command, and you allowing with the correct credentials, you'll be able to have it in a GitHub page like the CNAME file, everything should be automatic for you. You don't need to care about anything. Just say, okay, I want to deploy this repo to a GitHub page because the CLI also creates for you a Git repo. When you scaffold the project, it automatically starts a Git repo for you and then using this information, you'll be able to just deploy to GitHub Pages. Igor actually wrote this add-on for the CLI that was supposed, supposed to reach the same goal, but now we are doing it differently. So, for example, we will have in our build pipeline, we'll be able to, you know, build for production, and then with this package in hand, we'll be able to deploy it. So the CLI will cover the whole workflow, not just, like, scaffolding And running the project in your local computer, but actually delivering it for production as well.
0: So all the way from creating it, creating the Git repo, pushing it to GitHub, running a build process against it, and then deploying it up to like an Azure or an AWS or Heroku. All that stuff would be included when this is all created? This is the goal. Well, we we better let you go so you can go build all that because we want that now. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. I was actually much more involved with the project in the beginning but I'm in this tough moment transitioning between jobs and I have having this very you know hard time <laughs> so I I'm not so active in the project anymore but I'm always following the discussions. Whenever I'm free, I go to the repo and try to fix an issue or at least give some nice feedback to people. But the team is very strong, and it's mainly built of community collaborators. So
0: That's a great point we should talk about because the COI, while Igor Menard is, is leading this, most of the activity of doing the work on this is from community contributors, from what I'm seeing. Is, is that also what you're seeing, zero
4: Yes, that's true. And a very great addition to the team was Hans, who's actually a part of the Angular team full-time. And he's now the most active developer in the project. And he's pushing really hard because we want to have all of these goodies for NGConf. Is it the time for the applauses <laughs> or no?
0: That, that should be an applause right there. So you're saying that... The goal is to have something to show at NGConf in May. Is that, is that what I'm hearing?
4: Exactly. Be, the that's team awesome. one, yeah, the team's pushing really hard to have it in a, how can I say, not beta state, but covering this whole workflow of scaffolding to deploying to production.
0: So, Joe, you're on the NGConf uh, committee team ownership. Uh, I assume is there an Angular CLI? presence that's going to be there that you're uh, pushing for?
2: There is. There is. We've got a talk scheduled on the CLI. I think it'll also be part of probably one of the keynotes, I assume. But there's a whole talk on the CLI.
5: You know, maybe we should do a few shout-outs to some of the other people that are on the team, though. Yeah, the correct. problem is. With- the problem with shout outs is of course that I'm gonna butcher everybody's name. That's uh, why I want
0: to say the names by the way. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I'm gonna start with one I probably can pronounce, which is Hans Larsen. But as you say, he works for the for the Google team. But there's Mike you know, the Italian pronunciation would be Mike Brokey. And you know, he's super active and John, you were pretty active on, on that. Pascal Precht is on there a lot. Felipe's on there, Silva, Felipe Silva, Jan Curry, and I just The terrible thing about saying this is that I'm undoubtedly leaving somebody out. Oh, Jesus, Rodriguez. So I'm undoubtedly leaving somebody out who's just, uh, you know, I I feel terrible, so my apologies to those of you. But these are all people who are using their own time. Some Um, of those
0: guys are putting a considerable amount of time Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're on all
5: day and night. I mean, you find them on, you know, because I'm one of those guys that trolls all the channels here. They're always up. There's always somebody. The sun never sets on the CLI is the way I think. That does
0: seem, actually, it almost seems more active right now than the Angular core and the other types of channels that we're listening to in the sense that uh, there's some internal chatter about, you know, what's going on with Angular and the core product is, it's really come together in my mind. But now it's time for these other guys to, these other players like the CLI and Angular Material too, we did a podcast on to kind of take the next step forward and, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from CLI and not just so much the output as I have the plans that they're kind of building. You know, listening to you talk, Sarah, about what it's going to be, what it's potential to be is really exciting. And I also know there's another project by, um, I forget the gentleman's last name, Ward Minko.
5: Yeah, Minko is all, uh, is, he's also part of it. I don't know what his last name is either. I can't remember. I'm Minko Getchev. Minko <laughs> Getchev. Oh, you, you're just putting yes. me in a box here.
0: Minko Getchev, G-E-C-H-E-V. So yes. he's working on a tool called uh, the NG Lint, I believe, the Angular Linter. Mm-hmm. So these things all kind of flow together. So the style guide is something that I'm working on um, with some others. Uh, Minko's working on a linting tool for Angular 2, and the CLI team's working on the CLI piece. And these all kind of feed into each other. So in the end, hopefully we'll have a very cohesive world where people can lint their code very specifically for Angular, can follow a guide or choose not to follow the guide, uh, can use the CLI if they want to, or they can just forge ahead and create their own project without the CLI. Angular will work either way. But it's to me, it's really exciting because we never had these things with Angular 1 out of the gates. I mean, the first couple of years of Angular 1 was very much hunt and peck and do Google search and hope that somebody wrote a blog post about it. So I, I think it's to me it's exciting and I'm very happy to hear from you, Ciro, and I'm glad that you've contributed. So thank you very much.
4: You're welcome. <laughs> and thanks for having me here. I'm really excited about talking about all this stuff because, as I said, all the guys involved in this project are volunteers and they are all passionate about this community. And that's what makes it really nice. Because when you're working on the style guide and Minko is working on the LinkedIn tool and the Angular team is doing a very nice work on the, the core. And we all together are much more stronger than each one of us trying to reach a goal without getting together to move in the same direction.
0: So, Sarah, what, just switching gears a little bit here. Uh, I wanted to just do a call out here because I know I met you, uh, a little over a year and a half ago. And the reason we met is because you actually interviewed me, if you yes. remember correctly.
4: <laughs> That's <laughs> for, true.
0: Uh, Angular GDE program. You, so you've been a GDE very long time for Angular. Um, one of the, one of the first ones, weren't you?
4: Yes, I think so. I was the first Brazilian, but I, I, I think that I was one of the, 10 first, first GDs, if I'm not wrong. And this was mainly because I was doing a lot of presentations, mainly often in Portuguese. And yeah, that was it. It was the easiest interview that I ever had. Yours and Pascal's one, because you guys are so active. I knew you guys m- much longer than, way before than interviewing you. So it was really Easy, because I already knew your work, I already knew how passionate about the community you were, and that's what we do, right? Word is also a GDE, if I'm not wrong.
5: Yeah, yeah, I snuck in under the tent when they weren't looking.
0: And Joe, you're also a GDE too, are you not?
2: Indeed I am.
0: Wow. All right, so this has, is like a GDE GD show. How it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> we, we
5: don't actually change it, we just argue about it. <laughs>
0: But that, it's great though, and uh, I remember when getting into the program, um, there were only a couple of GDS. I just thought it was pretty impressive that there were only—I think—I think there was actually only like seven at the time uh, when I spoke to Ciro, and that's uh, that's impressive. And so you're from Brazil. Is Angular really popular down in Brazil?
4: It is. It actually is. I started a meetup in São Paulo, and it was crazy—more than a thousand. Of people joined the meetup group and we had one special meetup at the Google office in in Sao Paulo more than 200 people went to this meetup and it started as like five friends just trying to hang out and talk about Angular but we realized how how many people were interested in it and using it in production and many people coming from backend background and also from not software engineering but sometimes hardware and they heard about Angular and they wanted to be there to get to know a bit more. So it's really popular. I was impressed by running this meetup. I realized how many people actually use it. It's quite cool. And it started spreading across Brazil. So there are many meetups there right now. There's a meetup in Belo Horizonte that I also get started. Belo Horizonte is my hometown, and Recife, if I'm not wrong. So the the Brazilian community is also growing.
5: That's great. It's great to hear, and and I take it that Angular 2 is also picking up everywhere.
4: Sure, many of the front-end Brazilian conferences they have at least one or two uh, speakers talking about Angular. And right now, Angular 2 is the hottest topic. How
5: do you actually say Angular in Portuguese? Angular. Oh, see, it sounds <laughs> so much better. Angular. Well, Joe, on that note, I want to hear you say Angular, and, uh, and then what do we do?
2: <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, I think it's been a really interesting discussion by far, and certainly such an exciting tool, right? I don't think that any of us are, are not interested in seeing, you know, what comes of it, and especially what might we might be seeing come NGConf. I'm obviously personally very excited for that, but I suppose it is time that we move on and uh, get over to PIX. So, with that... Uh, Let's start with uh, John. i bet you've got an awesome, non-controversial pick for us.
0: Absolutely. I've actually got three picks tonight, and I'll I'll go quick because I know Ward has got to go catch up and get his uh, early bird supper. (laughs) So the first one is a great movie came out this week on DVD, and some of you you may have heard about it. It's called Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, And you can go pick that up and get it to your house. Right, right. Because they like
5: need another billion of your dollars. (laughs) Disney's (laughs) barely scraping by. They're (laughs) barely scraping by. So please, please save Disney. Go out and buy Disney. Disney, (laughs) Disney. save Disney. Go buy their stupid DVD. And then you know what? You know what you can do with it? Just like nail it to your house and buy another one. Just shingle your house in DVDs (laughs) because Disney needs the money.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and for a second pick, just so Ward can calm down, I'll just something a little bit different. It's not a movie, Ward, don't worry. But uh, my other pick is going to be there's a new game coming out called Star Wars Force Awakens Legos. And uh, my son's really looking forward to this one, too. Um, although I'll play it as well. Those Lego games are, yeah. are kind of fun. Yeah,
2: they are.
0: Yeah. So and as my third pick, I wanted to pick uh, some conferences that are coming up here. One of them is the NG Conf, which will be in less than a month now uh but there's also Angle brackets which is going to be here in Orlando uh and it's mid April I'm terrible with dates but I think it's like the 14th or 11th something like that it's whatever that week is and it's exciting to me about this is there's going to be a huge uh showing there of people from the .net communities from the web communities from the node communities and the mobile uh it's going to be quite exciting to See everybody there at those events, and I really look forward to this time of year when all the conferences kind of pile on each other because it's a great chance to get out and network with people. For me, it's not about learning new technology; it's for meeting people and learning how they're using technology, which uh, is to me is just invaluable.
2: Well, awesome, Ward. How about you?
5: I- I'm just speechless. I'm actually searching the internet for some means to burn every CD that, that comes out, and I don't mean to create a new one, but <laughs> Did so you say no. CD? I-
2: like I, CD, I thought DVD, by the there whatever. Say like vinyl or maybe eight track Yeah,
5: actually, I'm looking for Frank Sinatra sings from the Star Wars songbook. Haven't been able to find it, but that's big on my Christmas list. I've got nothing else for you.
0: <laughs> I love making Ward speechless.
2: Seriously, that's your pick, Ward.
5: Yeah, Frank Sinatra sings from the Star Wars uh, songbook. I can't wait to buy it.
2: Oh my, okay. All right. Well, let's sit or go last. Uh, I'll put my picks down. So John stole my pick. Of course, I was gonna pick the same movie. I but I realized now I should probably go out and buy a second copy just in case I lose the first copy, or so that we don't we can watch them in both upstairs and downstairs. I think that's really gonna be important. So go help, save should, <laughs> help save Disney. Help save Disney. You know, what's funny is they can make a billion dollars on a movie and it's barely, it's hardly anything because the movie division of Disney is so tiny compared to parks. It's crazy. So, yeah, unfortunately, our DVD purchases are barely making a dent in in Disney's revenues. But for my uh, next pick, I want to pick a song. Disturbed did a cover of The Sound of Silence. And oh my gosh, is it awesome. Just absolutely love that. They've actually done... Some other cool covers. The, one I, the other one I really like is uh, Land of Confusion. They did a great cover of Land of Confusion. What was really quite funny was at one point I was working with this developer about eight years ago who was like 22 at the time. And he was talking about how great Disturbed was. And I said, Oh, and I listened to it and said, Oh, wow, it's a really cool cover. Uh, this song. And he says, Cover? You mean they didn't write Land of Confusion? He had, and I said, No, it was Genesis. And he had no idea who Genesis was. And I thought that was really sad. So uh, that's it. That's my uh, second pick is, uh, well, it's first, I guess, because John picks Star Wars. My first is uh, Disturbed, Sound of Silence. Very awesome cover. Go check it out. Listen to it. And finally, I'd like to pick the Hello World podcast by Sean Wildermuth, where he interviews various programmers and talks to them about how they got into programming, which I think is a fascinating topic. Absolutely fascinating. So those are my picks. Siro, how about you?
4: I want to pick this very short blog post by Georgian Vandemore. I don't know if I pronounce correctly, but he talked about how he feels about Angular 2. And I just wanted to highlight this sentence. He says, so when I hear people complain about the new template syntax, I silently turn away, put on a smile, and think, wait till you see what you can build with it. So I, I totally identify by that like talking about any kind of open source project, there are many people that complain a lot about changes and this kind of stuff, but yeah, it's worth to wait for it and then you, you can see what you can do with Angular 2, with the Angular CLI, with the Angular style guide. There are many exciting things coming out so it's worth to wait for them. I also want to pick the Angular CLI repo. <laughs> we, you should definitely take a look at it. There are interesting stuff. And also give your input so we can improve the project. And that's about it.
2: Awesome. And finally, uh, Ciro, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or follow you, I assume you're on Twitter. What other ways can somebody check you out?
4: Yeah, my Twitter handle is Ciro Nunes Dev, So you can just say hi And we can get in touch
2: Awesome Well thanks very much for being on the show It's been an excellent episode Thanks John and Ward for your contributions And uh, we'll see you guys
3: Posting and bandwidth provided by The Blue Box Group Check them out at bluebox.net Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit dot com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com and sign up today.